U.S. 23 northbound between White Lake Road and Owen Road closed due to an earlier accident. Traffic backing up from about Center Road. Traffic slowing on 75 northbound between 696 and 11 Mile Road and I-75 southbound between 14 Mile and 11 Mile Roads. I'm Peggy Hodge, WJR Traffic and Weather First. Nice stretch of weather underway for the top of the work week and uh, no big fronts here through Wednesday. Our one front this week comes in Thursday with a chance for some showers. We're in the mid-40s here downtown tonight, mostly sunny Tuesday, high 72. Increasing clouds Wednesday, 71, and showers Wednesday night, Thursday. I'm Scott Laurie, more at the Weather Channel on News Talk 760 WJR. Time for the WJR Sportsbook? You bet. It's sponsored by WinBet. Download the WinBet app today on the Apple Store or on Google Play. Win with WinBet. Now here are your hosts, Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. All right, welcome into a brand new episode of the WJR Sportsbook. Nice to have you with us as always. And uh, there has been a theme since this particular show began. There was some good news over the weekend, and of course there was some bad news. Well, in the Lions' case yesterday, there was some really bad news as they fall hard, and I mean hard, to uh, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, 34-11. There was no late comeback. Uh, There was no competitive spirit. Uh, There was no nothing about no nothing. Um, Every once in a while... Uh, folks, it comes down to talent, and maybe we are at a reckoning here uh, with Dan Campbell's group. No talent and injuries combined, all of that. And a lot of mistakes, yeah. a lot of mistakes. Uh, it is the WJR Sportsbook. My name is Steve Courtney. You would be? Jamie Edmonds. Yes, indeed, and we are under the watchful eye of Mr. Jason Fissler over there making sure we do what we're supposed to, and we'll find out if that transpires. Uh, you know, there were some things that you know came out after this Lions loss, and by the way, they are the only winless team now in the National Football League. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars snapped their 20-game losing streak, and maybe we should just offer a real heartfelt apology to our friends across the big pond in London having to watch the Dolphins and Jaguars. Why do they send, like, is this helpful to the league to send teams like that over there? You know, there's been discussion, James, about having a permanent franchise in London. And after watching those two, They're like, do they want one? Here. No, we'll stick with our football. What is this bloody hell? Also, I really feel like teams like, whatever, Tampa Bay. Tom Brady's like, I'm not going to London in the middle of the season. Uh, although, uh, back when the Lions went uh, fairly regularly a few years back, it seemed, there were a lot I would talk to from within the organization that truly loved going there. I guess it's a big to-do over there. Well, okay, so it's fun. You bring your family, probably. You get a little trip out of it. Sure. But, you know. But if you're really a competitive football team trying to win a Super Bowl, I, I would think it's a nuisance. And they get the Jags and Dolphins. 
Well, exactly. So who goes over there? Lions, oh. jags, mm. dolphins. Falcons go there a lot, too. People are like, oh, great. Uh, now, here's the deal. Uh, as I mentioned, some things come out of uh, the worst Lions loss of the year. Jared Goff, 28 of 42, 202 yards. Average per throw, 4.8 yards. That's terrible. Uh, he did throw the pick. His rating, 67.8. Well, the one thing we know about Dan Campbell, uh, you are going to know, come hell or high water, where you stand. <laughs> yes. He is not the type that's going to put sugar on dog doo-doo and call it an Eskimo pie. I don't know what that means, but uh, yeah, he tells you how he feels. We talked about this for the past couple of weeks. Like, he is who he is. And, you know, if you see him on the street or if you see him in the press conference, he is Dan Campbell. So last week, he was very sad, so he cried. This week, he was very mad, and he let everyone know, including his quarterback. The exact quote, I will say this. I feel like he has to step up more than he has, and I think he needs to help us, just like everybody else. He's going to need to put a little bit of weight on his shoulders here, and it's time to step up, make some throws, and do some things, but he needs help. All right. Now, for Dan Campbell to say that, you just don't go in back of a microphone and say that willy-nilly. Maybe even as impassioned as he is. There was some premeditation here. There was a lot of thought. I guarantee you, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of thought put into that statement. Now, you could look at it one of two ways. Either it's like, dude, you were brought here for a reason. Now, I know we got a lot with this, but we need you to be slightly better than average. Right. We need you to make a play on fourth down, not throw it away. Okay, example. If TJ Hawkinson is wide open. Flailing his arms. We need you to hit him. Correct. Uh, Or could the David Blau era be in the offing? I think no. Because how do you evaluate really Jared Goff with the talent he has around him? His number one receiver on Sunday was Khalif Raymond. Okay, so you got to give him a little leeway there. Is David Blau going to be that much better? Well, and that's true. That's a very true statement. Uh, you know, the, the wide receiver room uh, in Allen Park. It's like crickets. <laughs> what? What? All right. And the guy they brought in didn't dress. Yeah, and two of your uh, best offensive linemen are out, which Correct. means the running game is not going to be what you want it to be. And I think, well, Frank Ragnow's gone for the year, but Taylor Decker comes back. They'll be able to get a little something-something going there. But uh, in the meantime, uh, we got back to true Lions football of late. Uh, Look at the penalty situation. I mean, once again, they became a team that couldn't get out of their own way. Nine penalties, 77 yards. It was not a very well-played game at all. Now, up until this point, right here on this program, we were saying, look, this team is – Biting, scratching, clawing, yes. Mm-hmm. But now there's a big question mark. Oh, and as a reward? <laughs> you get to go play the Rams. Yeah, in the City of Angels. Yeah. And I think Matthew Stafford's going to be a little emotional. He has to be. He, um, he is going to be motivated to run up that score, I think. Uh, four touchdowns minimum. <laughs> you start there. Oh, and by the way. Uh, for that tilt, the Lions have already been installed as 15-point underdogs via our friends at WinBet. 
tough. It's a tough look. And you can find it as high as 17. Now, is it going to go higher? What's the record? I mean, we'll have to do the research. Right. But the question now becomes, with the Lions at 0-6, where does their win come from? I don't know. I wrote all their games coming up. Maybe Eagles? Maybe Vikings? I mean, the Vikings barely beat them the first time. Rams? No. Not happening. Uh, Eagles? Maybe. I say Eh. maybe. But I think they play better on the road than they do at home. So that's a big question mark. Your Steelers on the road. I mean, sure, there's a possibility there because we just were talking about how Ben looks like a dinosaur back there. Boy, I'll tell you what, in that ball game last night, he looked like he was 93. He cannot move. He just can't move. God love him. But, you know, more on him coming up a little bit later on. Uh, At Cleveland, the Browns are salivating for that game right now. The Browns are struggling a bit, but still not enough to lose to the Lions. Oh, they they have already circled this in red Sharpie 17 times for that till November 21st. I'm thinking, here's my thinking, my educated guess. Thanksgiving Day, the Bears come in. Now, been around a few Thanksgiving Day uh, games myself. Lions seem to get to another level, emotionally anyway. I'm thinking the Bears. The Bears Day. on Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that would be nice for the fans on a holiday. Give them something. A little warm and fuzzy. Yeah, just something. Need that. Well, okay, there's the lion story for you. And the uh, saga continues. Well, the um, offense is so bad. Well, for all the reasons that we've uh, described. Uh doesn't matter what level of football you're talking about. It comes down to your talent level. Yeah. And, uh, you know, look, and the defense ain't setting no records either. Mm-mm. So, look, you keep telling yourself, it's a rebuild. It's a rebuild. It's a rebuild. Well, yeah. And now everyone's very upset with how these lines are playing. I mean, what did you expect in a rebuild, I guess? No, you know what? I'm fine with it. I went out and trimmed some hedges after the game. Get a number one pick maybe again. Well, you know what? Here, uh, there is the silver lining in what could be a dark cloud. You know it's a rebuild. You've got yourself a pretty darn good offensive line when they're healthy. You start there, and you got a boatload of draft picks. <laughs> it's funny. What is it? October eighteenth. And we're talking, we're talking about the draft. <laughs> yep. It's tough being a Lions fan. I'll tell you. Uh, meanwhile. In Bloomington, Indiana, uh, the Michigan State Spartans were able to make it to 7-0 and for the first time since 2015. And need I remind you what happened that particular year. Uh, they won the Big Ten Championship and made it to the Final Four. Uh, Mel Tucker got his team to find a way to win. We'll talk about that. And there's an official time for the Backyard Brawl, folks. Leave it here. It's the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook with Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Sponsored by WinBet. Download the WinBet app today on the Apple Store or on Google Play. Win with WinBet. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. 
All right, welcome back into the WJR Sportsbook. Steve and Jamie here with you. And uh, big goings on uh, this past Saturday, obviously, uh, in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, you had a Hoosier team welcoming your Spartans. Uh, they were 2-3 and three overall, 0-2 oh in Big Ten play. Uh, but they've had a schedule, uh, falling to Iowa, Penn State, as well as Cincinnati. Um, Tom Allen, uh, respect the hell out of what he's done uh, with that Hoosier program. They were one of the toasts of college football a year ago. Last year. You know, finishing uh, seventh, I think, overall. Uh, and you knew he was going to have them fired up uh, for the uh, top ten Spartans. And by golly, he did. Um, the first half offensively uh, was a grind, to say the least. Uh, Michigan State had to punt uh, after their first six possessions. And then, uncharted territory, uh, trailing at the half, 9-7. Not used to it. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, oh boy. Here we go. Uh, a lot of concern, I think, uh, from various members of Spartan Nation going into this because uh, you're on the road in the Big Ten, never easy. Uh, you're looking at a bye week. And then. And you're looking ahead already to Michigan. Right. So. Could uh, have been a trap. The table was set, but uh, Michigan State's first possession of the second half, able to move the ball. And uh, Matt Coglin the most prolific kicker in the history of Michigan State football, connects on a 51-yard field goal. He was clutch. Yeah, he would Twice. later add, yeah, a 49-yarder. I want to do a story on him and on for Channel 4, it's like leading up. Six, a, it's his sixth year, correct? Uh, for the, With the COVID extra year? Yeah, 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 I believe so. So I just, you know, he's been involved in some pretty big games, pretty big kicks. But anyway, yeah, so good for him. He's such a laid-back kid, though. And uh, a little spark plug on the sideline, cheering on his teammates and everything else. Sometimes place kickers are in a world of their own. Right. Uh, but not him. He's uh, something. And then a little bit more razzle-dazzle there uh, in the third quarter. They uh, tried a flea flicker. It didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> didn't work. But what did work was Peyton Thorne uh, hands it off uh, to Jordan Simmons. Simmons to Tyler Hunt, the tight end. And he heaves it, and who makes the catch? Peyton Thorne. How about that? A really good catch, too. Very athletic catch. Yes. Uh, And that sets up the touchdown throw to the aforementioned Tyler Hunt. 17-9 Spartans at that point uh, in the uh, third quarter, and they never look back. Um, So you get to 7-0 again for the first time since 2015. Um, you would win the Big Ten championship under Mark D'Antonio in that particular year and make it to the Final Four and didn't work out against Alabama. Um, But, you know, this Spartan mantra of keep chopping, you know, everybody's buying in. Mm -hmm. And uh, you bring the old brass platoon uh, back to the banks of the Red Cedar. I, you know, this was a good win, I think, because the offense was not explosive. They were not scoring points like they had in the previous games. This was really for the defense to hold Indiana, and they did that. Now, the offense not doing anything in the first half, the defense held Indiana to field goals. That was huge. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Every once in a while in football, you got to go to plan B. I talked to Mel Tucker about that this morning here on WJR. And the defense sees the moment. And their fine defensive coordinator, uh, Scott Hazleton, uh, had a wonderful – uh, plan of attack here uh, because 
the Indiana Hoosiers, uh, they were without their regular uh, starting quarterback, Michael Penix, with a shoulder injury. So Jack Tuttle uh, was in. and uh, Man, they pressured him, and he got nervous. Yeah, he was a little, uh, he was a little uh, beside himself from mm-hmm. time to time. Uh, but you talk about defensive performances from Jacob Ponishuk, Jacob Slade, uh, Quaverius Crouch, uh, Cal Halliday, who is one of the unsung heroes, a redshirt freshman linebacker with a pick six. Uh, and you, you, you tend to forget about that play, but it was absolutely huge, obviously, in the outcome. Uh, but yeah, you, got points on the board when the offense couldn't. You talk about a secondary, Xavier Henderson, Angelo Gross, uh, Michael Dow, uh, Ty Freifogel, the uh, fine wide receiver with Indiana, very dangerous, ends up with seven receptions, 65 yards. So they are able to shut him down, which was uh, enormous. That was huge. That's what I'm saying. Like, the offense was doing nothing. The defense stepping up, winning games in different ways is a good football team. Well, and uh, Mel said it after the uh, win at Rutgers. You know, if you can be great, why settle for anything else? And, uh, you know, talking to uh, Peyton Thorne afterwards, talking to Xavier Henderson afterwards, you know, this team has a genuine belief in itself. And, uh, you know, all the egos are checked. You know, even a guy like K-9, Kenneth Walker, who's in Heisman conversation, for mm-hmm. crying out loud. You know, kudos to the uh, Hoosier defense. They, they held him, I think he finished with 84 yards. 84 tough yards. Very tough. I mean, he would get, you know, four, five, six, seven in a, but he's dragging people with him. Right. And, uh, you know, th- that's his game. And he loved that style of game. Um, so now we know the backyard brawl, Michigan State going into a bye week, much needed, uh, get a little healthy. Uh, the backyard brawl on the banks of the Red Cedar the day before Halloween. Noon! <laughs> you love it. I do. I don't mind it. I don't get the negativity surrounding this on on the internet. People are seeing it as a slight to Michigan, Michigan State. It's not a slight. Look, here's the here's the way it went down. Uh, ESPN, ABC, had the first pick. They went with Ohio State, Penn State, which makes sense. Going to be a decent ball game, right? Uh, Fox goes next. Fox. If you haven't noticed, folks, they put a premium on their noon game because it's the kickoff to the whole football programming day on Fox, Fox Sports 1. So they get Michigan State, Michigan, one of the great rivalries in college sports, and they're going to put it on at noon. Now, I think one of the reasons, you know, based on social media, you can make whatever you want to out of something like that is, you know, they want it to be an event. And something, I guess, in college football can only be an event if you kick it off at 7, 8 o'clock. I don't believe that. There are great football games played at noon. Well, you know, on the other hand, uh, a lot of it, I think, has to do with not the game itself. The party. Yes. People want to party. And when, and when they do, and these games are at 8... <laughs> They don't. Those people don't remember the game. Well, and you know you can start your tailgating the night before or whatever. And you know, in the words of the late great Bo Schembechler, he was coaching at a time where they were starting to 
move the games to later in the afternoon and you know night games were starting to come on the scene and Bo's response was well I'll tell you what we're going to be there at noon to kick it off if you're there great if you're not that's your business I'm not hating night games they're fun but just because they weren't chosen as the night game doesn't mean anything I think it's not a slight people it's not a slight to Mel Tucker and the season that Michigan State is having. Believe me, television drives so much in college athletics these days. It's it's not even amazing anymore. Yeah, even if Michigan Michigan State wanted to be at night, it wasn't about what they wanted. It's about what the TV networks want. Oh, geez, it wasn't all that long ago that then-athletic director Mark Hollis was skeptical about the Spartans and Wolverines playing at night for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. So hopefully... Emotions will be high at 11.59. That's not a problem. Well, especially uh, Michigan coming off a bye. They host Northwestern this weekend. Should they both be unbeaten for this edition of the Backyard Brawl? Wow! Yeah, that's what we've been waiting for. It doesn't matter if they teed it up at 9 in the morning. What does it matter? Right. This is going to be something. I think it's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait. I do have a question. So you talked to Mel today? Did. Did you ask him if he's going to LSU? I did not. Okay. I've uh, been around enough football coaches to uh, know that that would be uh, – I'm focused right now on the Michigan State Spartans. Uh-huh. Keep he chopping. tweeted something out that he's committed to Michigan State football. Well, you know, people play connected dots. Uh, you know, he was on Nick Saban's staff at LSU. He knows the SEC. Uh, he's having a year in East Lansing and uh, a couple conversations with some uh, folks today. Uh, he would be a big hit there. But guess what? He's a big hit in East Lansing, all right? He's got leverage. So, whoa, make no mistake about it. Yeah. Uh, I think Michigan State will come through with everything that he and his lovely family would like. Yes. Anything you need, Mel. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So uh, we shall see. Uh, All right. We'll take a break and uh, come back with uh, more various and sundry uh, into the Red Wings. Uh, They got things going uh, this past week. Hockey's back. It is. Uh, Pistons, they uh, NBA getting underway tomorrow night. So we're just about ready to get into full swing. We'll talk about it coming up on the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook with Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Sponsored by WinBet. Download the WinBet app today on the Apple Store or on Google Play. Win with WinBet. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. All right, before we go any further, unfinished business. Uh, Earlier in this edition of the WJR Sportsbook, we were talking about uh, your Detroit Lions, as it stands right now, via our friends at WinBet, being 15-point underdogs to Matthew Stafford and the Rams next Sunday afternoon at 4, and we were talking... Don't know what the record is uh, for the largest spread in NFL history. And as it turns out, Jason Fistler, our fine uh, crack research uh, team over there, uh, came up with this. 28 points. You go back to week six, 2013. Uh, Broncos beat the Jags 35-19, but they didn't cover. (laughs) The 28 points. Yeah, wild. Unbelievable. So at least it's not a record. No, not yet. Yes. 
still a few days away. <laughs> I, I think it could get to 20. I really do. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, Matthew Stafford's having a great year. Meanwhile, uh, the Wayne Wheelers got things going uh, last week, and it was a very entertaining opener against the Lightning. And we know the Lightning have given the Red Wings fits for the last few years. In this particular tilt to open at a packed Little Caesars Arena. Sold out. Unbelievable. Nice to see you Fans were so excited to be back. Red Wings uh, had two, count them two, three goal leads. And then they would uh, lose in overtime. (laughs) But that being said, it was nice to see. And uh, I'm a big Jeff Blaschel guy. I'm happy that he's still here and Stevie Y retained him. I'll start there. He's a great guy. He knows the game. Mm-hmm. He really does. And I and I honestly think that the players appreciate him. And you talk about a rebuild. Look, after Jeff came here, I think he made the playoffs his first year, but then the pantry was empty. Right. Empty! <laughs> right. And Stevie Wise, that's his deal now. And he's going to replenish it. So I think, and we saw how competitive this Red Wing team can be Saturday night when they take care of the uh, Canucks at LCA. First of all, I'm thrilled that hockey is back because that's my number one. It's my favorite. Um, You know, I also like the ceremony of all the captains coming back for Dylan Larkin because he was not able to have any kind of celebration like that. Love that. I like the fire in Dylan Larkin. He's like, yeah, I'll take that one-game suspension. I like the fire. Well, you know, here's the thing on that. And this is what really bothers me about the National Hockey League. How do you not call boarding on that particular play? How? The guy who retaliates always gets the call. I understand that. But you've got six eyes looking at this play. Or at least you should. And I know the retaliation always gets the call, but it's not right. And this is the thing about the NHL. If you're a novice hockey fan, and you're trying to get into the Red Wings or the NHL or whatnot, how many times during the course of any given game, as a hockey fan, will you answer a question? Well, in the first period, that was a (laughs) penalty. Why isn't it? Yeah. You know, and it could be any number of things. And I think the NHL still has a long way to go to uh, get out of that trap. I really do. A consistent calling through the referee, linesman, all that. Yeah, I get it. How about Tyler Bertuzzi? How about Tyler Bertuzzi in that first game? Lighting the lamp. Yeah, he's a little fired up himself. I mean, the lightning netminder had sunburn on the back of his neck. (laughs) Red light was going off nonstop. That was awesome. I watched the opener when the lightning played the Penguins, and they were talking about, obviously, lightning back-to-back champions. Right. How long it takes to build a championship team, and my ears perked up because we're waiting for that here. The first piece to start that championship team came in 2008. So that's how long it takes to build a good hockey team. You have to wait this out. Well, and who put that Lightning team together? Stevie Watt. Look, Steve Eiserman knows what he's doing, clearly. I don't need to tell anybody that. But it is going to take time. Uh, are the Red Wings going to make the playoffs this year? Probably not. 
got a question from a recent event that I went to about if the Red Wings would make the playoffs. And I said maybe because the young guys are coming in. You don't need to have a championship team to make the playoffs. You just need to be hot at the right time. Well, Zadina. Mo Sider. Sider. A healthy Dylan Larkin. Fabry. If, if the young guys are able to contribute, okay, outside chance. But still, the margin of error is extremely large. True. You know, everything has to go your way. Right. In other words, you can't blow two three-goal leads no. in the same game. No. And you know what? That's just one of those things. You know, I liked the competitive edge in the win over Vancouver mm-hmm. Saturday night. Yes. And I think, obviously, uh, goaltending is going to have uh, a lot to do with it. And that being said, uh, Grice, ooh. 40 saves. He was unbelievable. That's what you need. Baby steps. When your team's young, you need that netminder to be, A, your best skater, and you're one of your best players. Uh, meanwhile, uh, oh, by the way, the uh, Red Wings will host the Columbus Blue Jackets tomorrow night. Uh, the Pistons getting ready to uh, begin a new season. Uh, that will be Wednesday night. They'll host the Chicago Bulls. Uh, this uh, I'm a big Dwayne Casey guy. Me too. I just love the way the dude goes about his business. You know, nothing flashy. He's not a screamer. He's a teacher. And he knows he's got a very young team. Rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on who you read, there's an outside chance this young Piston team uh, will grab that last postseason spot. Many are saying no. But what we'll if, see. There, what's the over-under, like 25 wins or something? Could go anywhere 25, 30. Like I said, when we talked about the Pistons when I went to Media Day weeks ago, Dwayne Casey said he likes that 25. He wants expectations to be low for these young guys to not have too much pressure and to really just – start to become NBA players. And that's a process. Right. Like anything else. But, like, you know, we're talking to T.J. Hawkinson on Mitch's show uh, earlier. Losing is horrible. That's my concern with the Lions, that losing will beget losing and the locker room's going to no longer be competitive because they're just so, you know, honestly beaten down. There is a big risk of that, I think, because you're 0-6 right now. Uh, soon to go to 0 and 7, and the 0 and 7 loss could be very ugly. And um, you know whether you're a professional athlete or collegiate athlete or a high school athlete, it doesn't matter. Losing is a drag, right? And if it happens time and time and time again, your confidence is shot. Your give a darn factor is gone, mm-hmm. and if it happens too much. Will there be a chance that they just kind of block out Dan Campbell? I don't know, but I feel like there's a chance because that loss was tough. It was ugly. I, you know. And I still hear the immortal phrase, nine and seven's not good enough. Oh, my gosh. I was at that press conference when he got rid I of Caldwell. Well. And uh, you know what? It doesn't matter anymore. But I like Jim Caldwell. Me too. He's a good dude. Not coaching right now? No. 
Why not? No, I don't. Uh, he was with Miami for a little bit, and I think uh, Jim had a health issue he had to tend to, and he got better, um, but still not back in the coaching ranks, I don't believe. Um, but what the Lions would give to be 9-7. and seven. Yeah. Now, we don't know if Dan Campbell can get to the point of 9-7. and seven. No, we don't. And we're not writing him off yet. No, and I hope he does. Right, me too. Because, you know, and beyond. I really do. Because he does come with a great deal of respect around the league. Uh, in fact, uh, the uh, Fox pregame, Bradshaw, Howie Long, uh, Jimmy Johnson, all those guys spoke very highly of him before the Bengals tilt. As a matter of fact, Bradshaw took the Lions to win. Anyway, I digress. Uh, he does come with a lot of respect. Um, but it's a win-based business. It is. So, look, it's a rebuild. Nobody freak out! It's all okay. <laughs> Calm down over there. I just, I've seen so much. <laughs> For years. All right. We're going to take a break, uh, come back and preview the Monday Night Tilt. It's a dandy. You got uh, the Bills Mafia uh, apparently taking over Nashville against those Tennessee Titans. We'll talk about that, some other NFL notes, as we continue with the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook with Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Sponsored by WinBet. Download the WinBet app today on the Apple Store or on Google Play. Win with WinBet. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. All right, before we get to our uh, Monday night preview and other NFL notes, uh, some sad news uh, breaking not that long ago. ESPN college basketball analyst Dick Vitale announcing today that he has been diagnosed with lymphoma. In a statement, Mr. Vitale said he plans to treat the cancer with steroids and six months of chemotherapy. The 82-year-old said he'll manage the treatments around his work schedule for the upcoming season. So, uh, yeah, all the best to uh, one of the all-time greats, Dick Vitale. He's so sweet. He's really sweet. Wish him all the best. You know, whenever I call him and ask him for something, he does it for me, and I appreciate him. Yeah, that is the uh, the book on Dick Vitale. If you need something, you call, and uh, there he is. So, uh, uh, look, if there's anybody that can uh, beat this, um, it is uh, Dick Vitale. So, again, all the best, Coach. Uh, now, some NFL notes. Uh, we begin, again, in London. Uh, the Jaguars beat the Dolphins 23-20. Uh, the first win for Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, and they end the 20-game losing streak. Man, Urban Meyer needed that, didn't he? He sure did. It's not nearly enough, though. No. He, uh, I don't know. Well, and here's We're not the, talking about that video, though. We're talking about them winning and st- stopping the streak. Uh, right, but uh, I, I think the winning is going to come to an end uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, but here's an interesting little tidbit to think about. Ed Orgeron not coming back at LSU. From what I understand, and we were talking about Mel Tucker's name being thrown around willy-nilly. Uh, what about Urban Meyer there? I'll go back to college because this NFL experiment isn't working. Read between the lines, Urban. Uh, Packers upend the Bears at Soldier Field 24-14. The Packers a 5-1 and team. Aaron Rodgers throws for two. Uh, he runs for another score. And uh, I guess things uh, unraveled a little bit. Uh, apparently he saw some Bears fans uh, 
giving him the middle finger salute to which double yeah to which aaron responded i still own you i still own you well i love it he's making a point he's 22 and 5 against the bears i mean i love it he's not lying in this business of football where everyone doesn't say anything ever i just love it that's aaron Rodgers, though yeah no 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 shortage of self-confidence there uh, Matthew Stafford, the Rams improved to five and one with the 38-11 road win over the Giants. Matthew, 251 yards, four touchdowns. Um, his uh, oh, he had one pick, uh, rating of 128.7, and he has his former club, the Lions, at 405 on Sunday. Yeah, he's going to be fired up. Yes, he will be, and you know the Rams will be. And to some degree, the Lions will be because Jared Goff is going back to the Rams and, you know, they threw him under the bus. And There's a lot of emotions on both sides. Sure. Well, and look, Matthew's 5-1 and one and living his best life right now. He is. And, you know, Jared, on the other hand, was just called out by the head coach. So maybe he goes out there and puts on a show. Cross your fingers, folks. That'd be awesome. I think what's... <laughs> Likely. Uh, I'm not betting that. Want to bet a six-pack? I'm really good at betting. I don't know if you've heard. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the great stories in the NFL is what's going on with those Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Beating the Browns in Cleveland, 37-14. Kyler Murray throws four touchdowns. They didn't have their coach, Cliff Kingsbury, or their star linebacker, Chandler Jones. They both tested positive for COVID. Uh, So the Cardinals... Good for the Cardinals. Well, you know, that NFC West, it's a two-pony show right now. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals beat the Rams earlier, so right now they got the leg up. Uh, meanwhile, in Denver, the rudderless Raiders uh, take care of the Broncos, 34-24. Uh, the whole John Gruden saga apparently not slowing them down. Uh, Rich Basaccia, uh was their special teams coach. He is now at the helm. And uh, Derek Carr apparently didn't have a problem. 341 yards, two touchdowns. We haven't talked about all that. I think it's absolutely crazy. After this huge investigation, the only person with emails that are offensive is John Gruden. Come on. It's uh, it's stupid. And uh, the NFL says that they are not going to turn over. Well, you know what? I suppose we should just take their word for it because they've come out and said there's been no other... Uh, horrible emails of offending nature. Right. Why'd you start this investigation in the first place? Because the Washington football team had issues. Which have not been resolved. Right. The victims of that dysfunctional nonsense are saying, what's going on here? We're invisible. We told you and put our, our, our confidence in you that this is what we endured with Daniel Snyder and everybody else. Right, and then the Gruden emails are the most egregious to the NFL. Here's a guy that's... Which res- were bad. They were bad. I'm not saying they were not bad. No, they were right. bad. And look, I expected John Gruden to be a little bit more intelligent than putting in writing what he did. Right. And it was not right. Right. But remember this. John Gruden forced to resign about something that... It wasn't even an investigation about John Gruden. That's why it's silly. So then the NFL comes out and says, no, we're not releasing anymore because of why? Confidentiality. And everything's hunky-dory over there. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Don't believe it. All right. Steelers, your Steelers uh, yeah. beat the Seahawks 23-20.
Ben Roethlisberger throws for 229 yards, one touchdown, 5.7 yards per attempt. Uh, something's going to be done with gentle Ben. Yeah, they're in the they're in the market for a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, anyone? Yeah, he dropped a hint, I think. <laughs> uh, T.J. Watt's a certified animal. He's fantastic. Strip sack Geno Smith in overtime. Uh, Chris Boswell, 36-yard game winner. All right, to the Monday night tilt we go. The Bills on the road to face the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Bills, by the way, favored by six and a half over the uh, hometown Titans. That, according to our friends at WinBet. And I got a couple of other notes here. Uh, last year, Derrick Henry, stiff-arm cornerback Josh Norman, remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, on their way to the 42-16 win. Uh, that was on a Tuesday night. Just to refresh your memory, the uh, second time a game's been played on a Tuesday since 1946. Because all the Titans had COVID. Yeah, it was uh, a COVID-type thing. Uh, by the way, uh, Derrick Henry, i got to mention this because it uh, just might happen. If I can find it here. Uh-oh, the music's playing. Okay. Uh, if he runs for 110 yards and scores a touchdown, he'll join Jim Brown, Eric Dickerson, Terrell Davis as the only players with 750 yards rushing and eight TDs rushing in the first six games of the season. Who are you taking? Oh, man. Let I it ride. I I want the Bills. The Bills it is. Okay. <laughs> You're laying six and a half to me. I get the Tennessee Titans. This is so much fun, folks. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time. Certainly appreciate you dropping by uh, this particular edition of the Sportsbook. And as always, for Jamie Edmonds, I'm Steve Courtney. Thank you very much for listening to 760 WJR.